This episode of the FS Podcast is brought to you by CBS All Access. Looking for a new streaming service to add so you can watch more stuff? Check out CBS All Access. Hit up infamouspodcast.com slash CBS and you can get a free one-week trial to CBS All Access and check out things like Star Trek Discovery, Picard, Survivor, um, you know, all the other cool stuff that CBS has to offer. Star Trek Discovery, I said that already. You should really watch that. Um, yeah, so hit up infamouspodcast.com slash CBS to learn more. Hey, welcome back to the pod- infamous podcast. Not just the podcast, the infamous podcast. This is Brian. Daryl's with me. What's up, Daryl? Man, the myth, the legend. I am here. Um... I don't know about No, I'm kidding. Um, hey, man. How you doing? So uh, we've got a big show. Big show today. Um, we got a bunch of news. Uh, we've got we, – we, we went and saw Tenet uh, last weekend uh, separately, not together this time. Um, you know, social distancing and all. We were a state apart uh, or whatever, river apart. And, uh, yeah, and then we're going to talk about the first three episodes of The Boys. But before that, we have some news. Um, Daryl finally watched Cobra Kai. So I think that is uh-huh. the headline of, of all of this. Um, you know, welcome Love to the show. welcome to the club. Cobra Kai never yeah, dies. And like, and like I told you, speaking of cope, like martial arts, some of uh, the guys, I was telling you earlier how some of the guys after I was talking about it last week or the week before last at uh, my Muay Thai studio, and they're, they're a couple of guys are watching it now. So I think we can all agree at this point, Miguel Diaz is the one true karate kid. Absolutely. So, um, and Daniel Daniel LaRusso is a bitch. Um, uh, he is a punk bitch. Yeah. So, I mean, like, honestly, like, you see, like, he was the aggressor and bully against Johnny Lawrence in the first yeah. Karate Kid movie. Um, <laughs> dude, the whole reason... That Cobra Kai got made was because of the TV show How I Met Your Mother with the joke that Barney thought that um, Billy Zabka, Johnny Lawrence, was the karate kid. I didn't, I didn't even like, so I didn't, uh, I never really watched How yeah. I Met Your Mother. I watched it in, in here and there. And if it's on, if it's actually on some streaming service, I'll probably, you know, watch it. It's on I Hulu Girl right now. Oh, it is? Oh, okay. So. Yeah, I've watched all the you know Parks and Rec community, all yeah. that. So yeah, go check out the episode. Um, uh, I don't know which number it is. It's in one of the later seasons. It's Barney's bachelor party. Um, uh-huh. um, for well, his first bachelor party when he's first engaged to a different character that he marries. But uh, he uh, like it's really funny because both Ralph Macchio and Billy Zabka are in the episode. Oh, that's even funnier. I didn't so know that. yeah, that's great. Uh, anyway, but uh, yeah, and then. Uh, Star Wars news real quick that we're not really covering, but I thought it was interesting because people completely overreacted. Daisy Ridley was talking to Josh Gad and she had let slide that they had no plan. Uh, when With The Force Awakens, she was supposed to be related to Obi-Wan. And then uh, Ryan Johnson came in, Ruin Johnson came in and, and made her nobody, which actually I thought was cool. Like that was one of the few the things nobody. I really liked. Yes. Yeah. That that made I more sense. Like that. Yeah, hundred percent agree. And then um, Jar Jar Abrams came in, and um, 
like it changed a couple times during Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I think I would have been better. I would have been better satisfied if she would have been a full blood Skywalker that like Luke didn't know about. Maybe um, would have been interesting, but you know that's neither here nor there. And I don't really want to go much further into it than that. Other than relax, Daisy Ridley didn't blow up Star Wars, especially not on Josh Gad's show. He's not gonna. He's not gonna be like biting the hand that feeds him because he's super tied into Disney. Um, but it was still an interesting statement. I'll just leave it and at that. Look, let's be honest. We all knew they didn't have a plan after seeing all three movies. So this is nothing like it's interesting to see that, you know, he was she was this, then well, this, then this. You know, which, they again, I like they didn't have a plan when they didn't have a um, cohesive writer or director throughout the whole thing. You don't make mm-hmm. a trilogy like this with three different directors. You do um, not know. And, and, you know, like I think Colin Trevorrow, again, I'm, I'm going to go for two, I'm going down a rabbit hole, but uh, Colin Trevorrow, like, had a great idea building on what JJ did and what Ruin was supposed to do. And Ruin Johnson did not live up to his part of the bargain, which is why mm-hmm. the, the Rise of Skywalker is so fan servicey and, you know, has good parts. Don't get me wrong, it's got some pretty cool mm-hmm. scenes, but. That's why they had to bring back Palpatine to try and win some fans back. Yeah, it had its own in-game scene. Yeah, which was right. Cool. I yeah. love that scene. So, on your left, Poe, on your left. <laughs> anyway, uh, the first story. So we we uh we don't talk a lot about games. We're actually going to try and do that a little bit more. Daryl uh, Brow beat me into buying the Marvel Avengers game uh, this week. Which so is fantastic. We're actually going to talk about that one next week, uh, along with our continued coverage of the boys. But so in gaming news, um, EA Sports made a kerfluffle. <laughs> Is that like a good word to describe what they did this week? Um, they introduced. Well, first, like, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, first back. Let's backtrack to the ratings for Madden in, in, in itself. Well, hold on. No, no. Because I want to go into this part first, because then it informs the second part. Like the, why they did this. Like, let's save the the, okay, the rate okay. game rating for after this. So, because on the surface level, uh, okay, well, here. They added Colin Kaepernick back into the game for the first time since 2016. Um, which, okay, the guy doesn't want to play football. He doesn't. He makes way more money going around and giving talks and being social justice warrior uh, and that big fat Nike contract that he has to be a Nike premier athlete. Um, so he, you know, the, 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 the posturing like, oh, he should be on a football team. He doesn't want to play cause he's going to be a backup. He hasn't played in four years. And let's be honest, his last three seasons in the league, he was a backup. Um, he got replaced by Blaine Gabbert. Yeah. Who I don't think is in the league right now. Um, anyway, so they, they introduced Kaepernick. He's a free agent, can be signed to any team, right? Which I think is really funny. And I, I'll be really interested to see if they release stats of like how many people actually uh, drafted him to their team, but they overrated him. Um, And, and so massively, I will say Madden is typically pretty good about rating the players based on like where they really are, um, what their real attributes are, what they are, what they can and can't do in real life. So like Pat Mahomes, it's a, it's a shame. He's not a 99 because he definitely should be, or if anyone's going to be a hundred, you know, it's Pat Mahone's. Um, but they rated Ka- Kaepernick as an 84. 
and when he was last in the game in 2016, he was a or 81. Sorry, he was a 74 the last time he was in, and that was like being really, really that was uh, very kind. Very yeah, very kind. kind. So I mean, his peak season was in 2013. Um, like I think that was the year that the 49ers on the legs and back of Frank Gore went to the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, so so this is uh, this is really it's a really interesting move. But he ranks higher than uh, Kyler Murray from the um, he plays for Arizona, who the Cardinals, who was the who's the reigning rookie of the year. Um, he's tied with future Hall of Famer Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, at 81 and Roethlisberger has at least two Super Bowls right yeah so two two. okay um and he's higher than former MVP Cam Newton who is gonna have Belichick as his coach this year and you know Belichick is playing him in the media like a fiddle right now um which I I think is a masterstroke of what what Belichick is doing and it's also adding fuel to the the fire that is Tom Brady. Um, let's just put, let's just like, uh, you know, go there. But, but yeah, so, so they, they've done, so EA came in and, and did this and, and made this choice and it's their game. It's fine. And, and people are, and okay. So I'm not, I'm not saying like, Oh, I'm not buying the game. Cause it has Colin Kaepernick in it. I'm not buying the game because I haven't bought a new Madden game in, six or seven years because the game doesn't change anymore. So I think, uh, what is it? Or maybe it's five years, like 2015 when I first got the PS4. Uh, that was the last time I bought a Madden game. Cause I don't need to buy them every year. Uh, anyway, I will, but yeah. So wait, like for Madden and yeah, I haven't bought a Madden game since my PS3 days. And it's been about 12 years. The worst thing to happen to Madden was the exclusivity deal. Yeah. When 2k went away, we, yeah, what we see is when you have exclusivity on something, a lot of times, look at the product of, the, let's go to wrestling. The, <laughs> the WWE was best when it had competition with yeah. WCW. Oh, yeah. Once they bought WCW out, it's gone. It, it's continually gone down. Well, it, I mean, to stick with video games, 2K has the, the license to WWE, and 2K19 mm-hmm. is one of the worst games in history and it had so many bugs and glitches it was unplayable um Mm -hmm. to the fact that they canceled 2k20 wow that is so but anyway um but no you're right like you know your wwe analogy is spot on um both in the video game world and real life then you see with aew now um wwe doesn't know how to how to start it back up and, and kick it into high gear yeah, you you need that competition to fuel not only desire but also creativity. Yeah, competition is the, and that's what I don't think people a lot of times. And it's not just business; it's, it's in everything. When you have to get better because someone else is as good or better than you, mm-hmm. that's when you see how like what you're made of yeah. with anything. Yeah, and so in this case, I think that was the worst thing for again Madden is mm-hmm. you know they, they know no one else is going to have a Madden game or uh, NFL licensed game so you know it's hey we're the only we're the only game in town mm-hmm. so there's no creativity and you know watch looking at some what some of the people say about it that's the same thing they say it's like they like I saw a side-by-side like video of Madden from 
three or four years ago, yeah. the Super Bowl celebration mm. to Madden this year, it's oh, the exact yeah. same animation. Yeah. Are you serious, guys? So uh, I think here's the thing is – the, this wasn't done as a get woke, go broke kind of thing. This was done in response to the Metacritic score that this game has been getting. <laughs> um, so for the PS4, it's a, a point two. Um, I, I um, Oh, also on Xbox One and PC. So it's a point two rating, which is the lowest score in the history of Metacritic for a game. Um, it has 61 positive, 25 mixed. 4,872 negative. Um, and there's a whole bunch of zeros. Uh, let's see. Uh, EA Sucks says, This game is straight up unplayable. Somehow it's an even greater degree, uh, somehow to an even greater degree than previous than the previous few Madden titles. There's still no user control of your players. They get pulled into animations depending on which premeditated outcome of the game has been scripted. Players still don't know football fundamentals like how to run a route, cover, or block. In fairness, it's hard to learn football. Uh, the the board ref. Uh, broken game. Same game. Encouraging children to gamble. No attempt at improvements. Have not tried to improve for years. Games on previous consoles are superior. I mean, like this goes on and on. Bugs and glitches everywhere. Uh, this is from Exodus 13. Bugs and glitches everywhere. Animations are broken. Realism? Yeah, forget about that. And franchise is still so bare bones that I can't even bear playing it. Fix the game. We deserve better than whatever this is. So, I mean, this is this is the overwhelmingly negative uh, feeling towards this game. And I'm going to tell you right now, these are all from the last week that I read, last two weeks. Not a mention of Kaepernick, right? Because, like, that's the least of anybody's concerns about this game. This is EA, like, saying, oh, hey, look over here. Forget about this game sucking over here. Get get triggered or outraged by this or or be happy about this. Like, I'm not sure. Um, The best comment I saw, though, is, is he going to kneel? I I just thought that was hilarious. Um, you know, if if EA wants to be on brand, like you should have the option to make him kneel. To be honest, um, I will say this in in defense of Colin Kaepernick. All right, the the few one of the right. few times I, I I have an in defense of Colin Kaepernick situation, he walked away from sixteen million dollars. He walked away from a contract. He wasn't cut. He quit. He put he put his he put his um stance out there and said hey i'm gonna put my money where my mouth is i'm gonna leave the league i'm gonna try and go do something else and you know to to what degree of success he's he's achieved that's up to you um but he did do what most of these athletes <coughs> like Karen james refused to do and put their money where their mouth is and go fight for what he may or may not believe in now, the question is, is what does he actually stand for? Because that has changed many, many times over time. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, yes, EA does suck. <laughs> ask, ask, ask any Star Wars fan. The Battlefront 2, the Star Wars Battlefront 2 fiasco. Oh, just the Battlefront games from Star Wars, uh, yeah. from EA. Because the Battlefront games from the PS2 are still two of the best Star Wars games of all time. Yeah, it, it, people are are begging 
for Lucasfilm and, and Disney to take away the licensing from yeah. EA because th this this company is I don't even I, they remind me of Warner Brothers and how Warner Brothers has just completely <laughs> like set fire to the DC they've completely mistakes. kerfuffled DC <laughs> Kerfuffle. I like that word. Though. Kerfuffle's a great word. Um, it can be used for a lot, and like you know, it's not a cuss word. So, um, yeah. I mean, the only good EA Star Wars game that's been out is Fallen Order, and even that, like, it needed like another six hours of gameplay, mm -hmm. and the fact that you can't go back and replay the last, uh, like, so you know how you can go back and like kind of finish everything, but you can't ever replay the last level unless you start over. That makes no sense. And like it, like I want to go and complete everything because you can't complete everything before you get to the last level. So I want to go and complete everything and then go fight Vader at full strength. Like, you know. Yeah, it's anyway. some of their business decisions. So, yeah, EA sucks. Yeah. Uh, Madden <laughs> 21 evidently sucks. Yeah. Um, so. so, yeah. All right, uh, and better news. So to go along with uh, Tenet, which we are reviewing here in a little bit, uh, it made twenty point two million dollars at the box off at the U.S. box office this weekend, and it uh, it's closing in on one hundred and fifty million globally. It's still a two hundred plus million dollar budget, but I, I think one that's huge because only sixty five percent of theaters are open, and they're only open between twenty and 35% capacity based on the theater. Um, right. How many people were in the showing you went to? Let's see. Maybe 10. Okay. I had six. I counted. So, um, yeah, I and had... yeah. Yeah. There's, there's actually about, there's between eight and 10. Yeah. There's at least eight and there might've been 10. So, um, you know, it was it was able to play on about twenty eight hundred and I'm sorry, and about twenty eight hundred cinemas. Um, yeah, it says here currently sixty five to seventy percent of multiplexes have reopened. Um, and it says here, though, influential market mark, markets like New York City, Los Angeles, Seattle and San Francisco are still off limits. And that's and that did shave millions off. Don't get me wrong. But oh, I mean, but at yeah. the same time, like if the rest of the country at, you know, 25% of 65% are still going out and, and, you know, putting $20 million into this movie. I mean, I think that bodes well for, for as things reopen. And I'll tell you what, if you're, if you're afraid of going to the movies right now, don't be, it is the cleanest experience I've ever had. Um, other than the, the seat that I was sitting in, like the, the little reclining feature didn't work. Um, and I'm not one who likes to recline all the way. I just like to get the seat to go out a little bit so I can put my feet up like, you know, so they're not on the floor. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's super clean and I don't know. You're like me. We love going to the movies. Absolutely. So, I mean, that, that's like the, no pun intended, but that's the core tenet of our friendship is, is going to the movies. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. And again, you don't have to go to the movies. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do a Scott Derrickson slash Russo brothers who disappointed me when they were like, oh, don't go to the movies, don't yeah. go see Tenet. Well, they're just Come saying on, that because it's not their movie. If they had a movie out, they'd be like, rah rah, go see a movie, and yeah, it, you know, go see my so, movie. Yeah, and 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 the way the movie theaters do it 
it, it's fine in the sense of, like you said, first of all, extremely clean. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, there's no messes around the popcorn machines or anything like that mm-hmm. or the you know, stuff like that. Yeah. But also, you know, you're, you're, you're distance from people. If, you yeah. know, if, if that's something that you're worried about, they, they absolutely, the, the, the regulations they have in place for, you know, for that are pretty damn good. So, you know, again, don't like yeah people will make their own decisions but if you're worried about you know how are they with the cleanliness and mm-hmm. you know rules and regulations it's pretty damn good i mean like so, I, I wore my mask when i went in i wore my mask when i got my popcorn and uh sweet sweet and uh whatever um sweet tart ropes those little cherry ropes yeah. that i like and i had a bottle of water and so I had my mask on. I went and I sat down. I was the only person in my row. So I took my mask off and I did not put it back on until I got out because there was no one anywhere near me. There was no one within 15 feet of me. Like, you know, yeah. and that's that's like I re- realistically, there was no one within 50 feet of me. But, you know, it was. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited. I think, um, you know, I think this is, uh, again, bodes well. Like, I think. um the rumors of pushing back Wonder Woman again and pushing back um, Black Widow are, you know, kind of kind of silly. Um, yeah. And also, I think I told you that the I'd read that the Alamo draft houses are o- starting to open up. Yeah. I guess they were closed. So they're opening up some of their theaters. And, and the thing is, it's, it's just going to more and more. It's just going to open up. And yep. I really don't I, like to your point. I really hope they don't push back some of these movies. Yep. You know, Wonder Woman and yeah. Black Widow. And then again, what we're about to talk about. the. I June. mean, yeah. So like, Wonder Woman don't is push these back. Wonder Woman is October 2nd right now. And Black Widow is number six or November 6th right now. And there was talk of pushing Wonder Woman back to December. But I think and this is just going to segue right into to the next topic is the Dune trailer came out on Wednesday of this week and it is fantastic. And I'm sorry, but if I'm any other movie and I watch that, I don't want to be anywhere near that movie when it comes out. So you know how much I, we, we both really liked wonder woman. The first one, I, uh, you know, I, loved Gal I liked Dog. most of wonder woman. Well, well yeah, one. yeah. Overall. So, yeah, yeah. Overall we did. Yeah. Overall we did. I really want to see this one. Mm-hmm. However, to what you just said, after watching the Dune trailer, and again, I'm not a Dune fanboy like you are. I'm 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 like in the middle of finishing the actual first Dune book, which is, I mean, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, book. I'm wearing my I'm wearing my Surf Arrakis uh, shirt right now with a, <laughs> with a with a fremen on top of a sandworm. Yeah. <laughs> but again, you know, I we we're able to you know we can watch multiple movies. But to your point, if I'm and wait a minute, is Wonder there are they both WB? Yes, they're both Warner Brothers. Okay, so yeah, I think that from what I saw from the Dune trailer, and comparing it from what I saw from the Wonder Woman trailer, mm-hmm. people that aren't like moviegoers that go see mo- all these movies, if they have to pick, I w- I would think a lot. Of, not everybody, obviously, but a lot of people see Dune and they're like, "Holy shit, what is this?" Right? Because that trailer was so good and it, it was it was that trailer that it does it shows you enough but doesn't show you too much and that's well yeah and and i think the beauty of it so it's going to be two movies right the whole book is not being the whole first book is not being done in one movie which i think is really smart oh, and okay, uh okay yeah so uh, my my 
I imagine the first half is going to be the Atreides leaving Kaladin and going to Arrakis. Um, and then the eventual Harkonnen retaking of Arrakis. And it will end with Paul and Jessica going into the desert. Um, the book was written in the 60s, people. There's no such thing as spoilers. Um, you know, if you haven't read it, that's on you. Um, but yeah, they'll they'll go. They'll they'll um, you know this is just my thought is that there that's it'll end on that cliffhanger, and then when it comes back, it'll be you know finding Stilgar and um, you know insinu- inst- uh, instituting themselves with the or insinuating themselves into the uh, no that's not the right word either, uh, ingratiating themselves to the Fremen and then you know retaking the you know dune um and uh yeah so i i love this cast um one thank you jason momoa for shaving that ridiculous beard uh for playing duncan idaho i i think um he looks great um the suits the armor looks awesome yes um you know just i'm gonna i'm actually gonna play the trailer while we're talking just real low um (laughs) but uh (laughs) You know, I think uh, Timothy Chalamet, uh, is that how you yes, say it? Chalamet. Uh, yeah. Is a inspired choice as Paul Atreides. Um, Zendaya as Chaney is interesting. Uh, I just hope she's not mopey because Chaney isn't mopey. Chaney's a very ho- uh, hopeful character and keeps Paul, especially when he comes Maudib, grounded. Um, so, you know, and then... Um, Changing Liette. Liette has been gender and um, race bent. Um, Liette will be a woman this time, which I don't care. Like, Liette can be a woman. That's kind of the cool thing about that character. Uh, but, yeah, I- I'm excited to see what they do with the Benny Gesserit in this. Um, you know, seeing Thanos as Gurney Halleck will be interesting. Yeah, I... I like I told you the other day, I really love this casting. Yeah. And, you know, I... I don't know the book inside and out like you because I mean you read it every. I read it. I read it every single year. I read it every single year. Actually, I've uh, so I got the audio book last year, um, and I've started listening to it. But the audio book is a play. Um, It's it's different. They have different actors play the different characters, Um, and so I listen to it. But it's a twenty four hour audio book, so and I'll listen to it in about a week. So you know we'll just leave that where that is. But uh, but yeah, I mean Dave Batista as the Beast Raban, um, Bill Sarsgaard, which I just found out this weekend or this week because we were curious. He's playing Fade Rotha, and then Stellan Sarsgaard is playing Baron Harkness, uh, Baron Harkin. Um, and so I, I mean, this is just great casting. And then the th- I think the thing I'm most excited for is Javier Bardeen as Stilgar, and the little bit that we got to see him was really great um and then rebecca ferguson is playing the lady jessica um right which i love her i love her and everything she's in and then duke leto atreides is oscar isaac um i mean yeah, yeah it's I, I mean you can hear in my voice the excitement like we're we're definitely reviewing this movie um but the thing that i loved most about the trailer was the last shot with the sandworm yes it, it's beautiful. Sure it's so it. beautiful. I'm yeah. so happy they did. I mean, because you got a tiny glimpse when it was eating the um, the spice freighter. Um, but yeah, like, but you get to see the size and scope of it. Um, 
and you know it's just like that that scene where they're running for the rocks at the very end it's 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 on right now actually um the the only thing i kind of wanted to see was it to roar at them um but i'm i'm like again the restraint i'm happy we didn't see that right do you want to save some stuff for yeah. the actual movie i think this is one i'm definitely going to go see in imax oh that'll be nice so but um, well, I, I was telling you, like, we, we did not get a chance to do our typical, like, May. We both take Friday off and go get burgers and go see a movie. This has to be our, our, our movie this year. Yeah. So. that Yeah, this, I, I'm really excited for this. And I just really hope it sticks on its 1218. Yeah. And, uh, state. you know, this is Denny Villanueva, who has done Arrival, um, Snooze Runner 2049, The Prisoner. Um, you know, a, a lot of he's done Enemy. a lot of really good movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, so I hated Blade Runner 2049. Um, I really like Blade Runner 2049, but so. I hated Blade they, Runner and yeah. I hated the Philip K. Dick short story for all of this. Like I like cyberpunk. I just hated Blade Runner. Um, and, and like, I'm not saying like, you know, I'm like, I'm not irrational about it. I just didn't like it. Um, right. And I thought and, 2049 was snoozy as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> so, and, and he also, you know, he also did Sicario, which is yeah, a Sicario. great movie. Yep. Um, and again, I I absolutely love, 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 love Arrival. Um, it, it's kind of funny we're talking about, a, um, you know, Tenet because Arrival yeah. has some of those similar themes in, as far as time goes. So I didn't see Just, Arrival because oh, it, it, it sat on my hulu watch list for the entire time it was on hulu and i was like oh i need I'm gonna, i need to watch this i need to watch this i never got around to it so yeah i i really and again it's not for everybody but i i i haven't seen the movie like again i really enjoyed blade runner 2049 i still haven't seen prisoners and that's one of those movies i've wanted to see for a while that's a now. good one like hugh jackman's actually really good in that yeah, I've heard. I've just heard so. good things about it, and I just haven't gotten a chance to see it. Yeah. But that's the that's a, you know other than the cast and the source material, you have a director. Uh, there's a director that I really like pretty much everything I've seen. Yeah. So, that he's done, I, um, so I will say this: if you are looking at this trailer and thinking, "Oh, this looks like a young adult retelling," um, no, you are a no. fan of the David Lynch quote unquote Dune movie where he grossly miscast everybody by aging them up way further than what they needed to be. And Kyle McDermott was the absolute wrong choice to play Paul Atreides. Sorry. Um, but I hate the David Lynch dude movie. I hate it. It drives me insane. Um, he took so many liberties with it. Yeah. Um, like this is the age that Paul Atreides should be like Alec Neiman in um, the sci-fi version was like, you know, he was a little older, but he looked younger because he's only three apples tall. Um, but, you know, it, it, and like, you know, he, he also had to like, they, you know, had to look a little bit older later on. So, so, you know, they, they did that, but like with Timothy Chalamet, like, you know, they can do this one. They do the next one. They wait like three or four years. They do, um, do Messiah. And then they can wait another two or three years and do Children of Dune. And both Timothy and Zendaya, Zendaya sorry, who I really, I love her. I think she's great. I just don't yeah. want her to be mopey. Um, will be the perfect age to play uh, Paul and Chaney at the time of their deaths. 
So, and, you know, um, I think Momoa is a good choice for Duncan Idaho because he's a character who regularly comes back. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's cool. And, and, you know, it's, uh, it's something I'm excited for. And, and I, I loved, I love the entire look and feel of this trailer. Yeah. Can't, can't agree more. Looking, so. really looking forward to this but yeah and if you haven't seen the trailer uh go to the show notes the link is in there um i think i've watched it like six or seven times at this point not counting the two I, times i just watched it so no, i kind of want to watch like after we get done here I'm gonna, before um, I start turning and i don't know what the song is that is in the uh in the trailer but it's really good and and haunting and yeah very exciting oh um the the guy who oh wait no not this one yeah so no this was uh this was this was great so um Hans Zimmer is the one who's doing the score for this um which is pretty exciting as well all right let's move on yeah. to uh do you want to be do the inverted review or the regular re- review because one of us has to do one <laughs> all right so uh Again, uh, so we went and saw Tenet, uh, again, separately, but I, uh, I've, I'm not the biggest Chris Nolan fan. Daryl is, you're definitely a bigger fan of Chris Nolan than I am. Um, I, I did enjoy this movie and I will say for three reasons, um, John David Washington, who should be Black Panther, Robert Pattinson and Elizabeth DeBecky. Um, the three of them were awesome together. They absolutely carried this movie. Um, you know, you, you know, we you know, we talked about Kenneth Branagh's antagonist. I thought he was fine, but he didn't bring anything that upgraded the movie. You know, no. like sometimes a villain can upgrade a movie. Well, perfect example is Heath Ledger as the Joker. I thought Batman, you know, The Dark Knight was mm-hmm. a eh, movie. But Heath Ledger upped it to being a good good movie. Still not, you know. So again, if they would have called that, that movie Joker, I would have been bet. I would have been more okay with it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I told you like when Kenneth Branagh came out, I said, "Oh, it's Kenneth Branagh with the Russian accent." Like, yeah. It, like <laughs> there was there was no menace to him, even though he was supposed to be menacing. There was never any like stakes. Like, oh my god, this guy's gonna do something crazy when he was on screen. Um, and I, yeah. And the other thing I wasn't a fan of with him, and I'll get back to what I liked, is that his motivations just seem so blah to me. He, he didn't have any motivations. It was all happenstance. Yeah. It was like it's yeah. like he was a goonie in the um, the hidden town in Russia he grew up in, and he accidentally found some riches, and then just decided to become a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, but again, I thought he was fine. Yeah, and again, he. But again, Debicki, Pattinson, yep. and Washington were so good to like. Oh and, yeah. You know, it, and individually, and then to get and any scenes they had together were. I mean, let's be honest. So this good. is this is John David's star making role. Um. I loved him in Ballers. I loved him in Black Klansman. But this is the movie that's going to make John David a household name. And, you know, uh, it's funny. Like, if you watch Ballers with him, there's times where if you, like, kind of close your eyes or you're in the other room and you hear him talking, you run in. You're like, oh, my God, Denzel's on here. And it's like, you know, um, 
because he's Denzel Washington's kid. If you don't know, I know Daryl knows, but if you guys don't know, yeah. but uh, but yeah, so it's really funny. And then um, the other thing I liked was the addition of uh, Hamish Patel as their kind of one of their team members. Um, he was oh, in yeah. yesterday, uh, and then I love Aaron Taylor Johnson. I'm always a fan when he shows up in things. Yeah, it took me a minute to realize who he was under the beard. Same, but same. Yeah, <laughs> and I kept looking. I was like, "Wait a minute, is that?" And it's like, "No, that's is not that... kick. Is that kick ass? That's kick ass." Like, no, yes, that's him. Kick ass went and joined the army, and he's yeah. inverted. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, I, I, I did like he, he, he was a very good supporting char- character. I, I will say with um, Nolan's perchance of time bending and um just messing with this space time continuum i actually thought this was a relatively coherent movie um he set rules he followed them he didn't break any of the rules um and it was really easy to like kind of call the shots as they were happening so i i again i think i told you this you know when it's funny enough we didn't go see it together but we saw it maybe at what an hour apart yeah you said you were gonna go see it and i was like uh because <laughs> I was kind of hoping you weren't. <laughs> so, oh. so I think the issue with me was I was so caught up in the whole inverted thing that it took, it was kind of like that magician saying, hey, look over here. And I was looking over here, not seeing what was blatantly obvious. And once I stepped back and looked at inverted like it should have been mm-hmm. and not just, you know, just as it was and not putting bigger meaning into it, everything fell into place. Yeah. I would, I would have drove you nuts sitting next to you at this one. Cause I'd have been calling everything to you and ruin the movie for you. <laughs> and there, and there were, and yeah, you, to your point, there were several things that I still can't remember. I, I told you that this reminded me of another time travel movie and I couldn't think of what it was and I still can't, but though a lot of the beats of it, I was. I thought, okay, this is going to happen. Timeline with sure this Paul Walker and Gerard Butler. I forgot Paul Walker was in that movie. Yeah, he was the kid. Well, not the kid, but yeah. I mean, he was an adult. Yeah. But did this remind you of Varsity Blues? It reminded me a lot of Varsity Blues. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> Nothing at all. <laughs> no. Um. But no. Uh. Pattinson and Washington had amazing on-screen chemistry working together. And then the whole kind of spoilers, the whole thing at the end where you kind of learned one of them had had a longer relationship with the two of them than the other one was really cool. And something that I think uh, was a nice surprise. That was that was something that like you kind of got the the hint that one of them knew the other one better than they were letting on. Um, Yeah. But, you know, then at the same time, it was like, oh. Oh, that's really cool. Like, yeah, that's nice. I like that. Yeah, and and it was because you know, um, Pattinson had said had said a couple of times, you know, what will be will be or something along those yeah. lines. And, and I thought that was someone... just because Hamish was in the movie and they were making a callback to yesterday. <laughs> so I like when he said that and the way he said it, it just seemed like like okay, this is not a guy that that is being introduced into this world it, it you, you always thought that he had there was something he was hiding yeah you and, thought that maybe he was a bad guy on the yeah on the inside right and i love that when he was saying what will be will be uh he was like 
that's not an excuse to do nothing. Yeah. And then it was like, what do you call that? And his reply was reality. Yeah. And I love that because, you know, regardless of what you think, you know, people say, you know, this happened for a reason or, you know, I can't change this or that or I can't whatever. Just because you don't think you can change something doesn't mean you just sit there and accept it and take it. Yeah. It's it's yeah. along the lines of, hey, keep trying, keep doing, go another route. Yeah. Would That's you how reality uh, is. would you consider this a heist movie? Because like I thought that the way Pattinson played Neil was really similar to the way Hayden Christensen played his character in Takers. I wouldn't call it a heist movie per se. There there are some mechanics I, I would I believe that are of the heist genre, but I wouldn't call it a heist movie. So yeah, um, fair enough. One of the other things I really liked was the action. Uh, there's, the, yeah. I mean, again, it's not just the inversion stuff, but just the, you know, the first part. The movie opens with a hostage situation that is the sound that don't 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 don't, you know, yeah. that Christopher Nolan absolutely loves and the probably goes to sleep with. Yeah, dun. probably the only way he can get to sleep or whatever. But uh, it was it just brought me into you know I, I I sat up in my seat when that started and like oh man what's going on I, I like this and that's just the regular action and then you put in the like the inversion scenes which I would love to see how they did some of this stuff because yeah, it was the, just so this so that'll unique. be the whole reason to to get this is to see the the special features. Right. Cuz yeah, this is definitely a movie and again, it's not my favorite movie of the year or anything like that, but it's definitely a movie I'm going to watch again in the future. Not necessarily at the movie theater, but when it comes out on video or Blu-ray or digital. Did you I'm, like I'm going to pick it up. Did you like this one more than um New Mutants? Yes, I did. Okay. Um, I thought I thought because you thunk? again when we were talking, <laughs> I thunk a thunk a thunk a thunk a thunk. Uh, New Mutants issue was the first half of the movie was right was garbage. <laughs> forget for, you know forget waterboarding. Make someone watch the first half of that movie over and over on a loop, and they will tell you anything. This movie from start to finish for the most part, wasn't really boring. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't, I, there weren't any parts where I was like, bored now, to yeah. quote Dark Willow. <laughs> there were some parts where it's like, okay, you could speed it up a little, but I was never bored with this movie. Like, New Mutants, I was bored with that. Oh, yeah. So, all right, definitely, I definitely like this more than New so, Mutants. So, yeah, it's got, a, it had a budget of $200 million, did $20 million U.S. box office. Uh, the, uh, the global box office is at one fifty. 2.3 million uh, 152.3 million sorry um and yeah okay so pre-production the pre-production started for this a long time ago apparently nolan came up with the idea 20 years ago um and he's been working on iterations of the script for six to seven years um the title is a palindrome which you know duh and makes sense because everything's forwards and backwards um yeah, casting. So John David got cast because of his performance in Spike Lee's Black Black Klansman. Um, Pattinson based his character and mannerisms on author Christopher Hitchens, um, and the rest of the casting uh, was announced as filming started. So I think one of the interesting bits of criticism of this movie and the reception is Kenneth Branagh saying he's playing a typical 
uh, Russian Bond villain. So mm-hmm. um, I'm glad yeah. to see I wasn't alone there. It's doing great. It's got a 74% on Rotten Tomatoes um, on 226 reviews. It's got um, a really positive um, 69 out of 100 on Metacritic. Um, generally favorable. Cinescore gave it a B on an A plus to F scale. So, which I think is is pretty much right on there. Um, I think it's absolutely accurate. I, I think I think this is not Nolan's best work, but at the same time, it's better than all three Batman movies. I, I kind of I really love Batman Begins. Yeah, I I mean I love Batman Begins too, but like I would watch this again before I'd watch Batman Begins at this point. Um, I actually. Yeah, I, I, I would. I, uh, and I think this is one of those movies, and I've told you this a couple times off air, that I really think there's something about this movie that the more I watch it, the more I'm actually going to like yeah, it. Yeah, it's going to have that Inception effect. Um, I, mm-hmm. I like Memento better than I like this one. I liked Inception, and I liked Inception. I loved in- See, I loved Inception yeah. the first time I saw okay. it. Like, this I liked. But, like, when I first saw Inception in theater, I'm like, I love this freaking movie. Yeah. Um, so... And then uh, Ludwig Göransson uh, was the composer of the score because Hans Zimmer was busy doing Dune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I you know I think uh, I think the movie's getting I think it's getting the critical response that it that it deserves. Um, you know the Christina Newland um, of. Uh, some New York paper, it does not say, um, said that um, played by a silly act, uh, Sator, played by a silly accented Kenneth Brownell as a Bond villain esque Russian mastermind. Um, you know, Washington is dashing but a little dull, says uh, Leslie Philperin from The Hollywood Reporter, um, but remarked that DeBecky's performance adds color to Nolan's palette and she has persuasive chemistry with Brana to the point um, in their joint portrayal of a violent dysfunctional love-hate relationship. And I think that's spot on. I think she played being a victim yet someone who refused to be victimized very, very well. And of all the people in the, in the movie, she had the clearest motivations for what she was doing. And that was her kid. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I did like the other thing is John David's character is called the protagonist, which <laughs> that he doesn't have a name. He's just the protagonist, which you don't get into the last minute of the movie. Yeah. Right? In the ca- in the in the car yeah. there? Um but yeah. Uh no, so I thought that yeah. That that was like an uh, an RPG like like a Skyrim or something right? like What's your character's name? Protagonist. <laughs> the protagonist. <laughs> so, but yeah. All right. I mean, there's not, I don't have a lot more to say. I think, um, I think a six, uh, I'm, I'm going to rephrase this, uh, refrain. I'm going to say a seven out of 10. Um, I have seven and a maybe six and a half, um, depending on my mood, but yeah, I think it's a solid B, B minus. Um, it could have been 45 minutes shorter. Yeah, I, I, when you said that, I said, nah, I, I, I would say I would go with 15 or 20 minutes. I, I could I could definitely see um, with some reworking of things here and there. But I think yeah, they, I, they I, explain the time travel mechanics so well that we did not have to go through that whole process of them going back in time two weeks and looking out the window of shipping containers for 25 minutes. Right. So, 
yeah, I, I thought it was good. Um, you know, again, it, I, I do tend to like longer movies. However, also, this one could have shaved some time off. But overall, I, I, I enjoyed my, I enjoyed myself, yeah. and this is a movie I will definitely watch again. Yeah, and I'll, I'll especially want to check this out for the special features. Yes, hundred percent. So, I hope there's a making of documentary. Yeah, I would, so. and I, I also would love. I hope they have uh, the director's commentary because I yeah. love. I love those for uh, Infinity War and Endgame. I've watched those a couple times, like both of those movies a couple times with the director's commentary on. You want a good one? Check out the Seven with Fincher and Brad Pitt, and Ooh, um, and then any of the three Fight Club um, yeah. ones are really good. Yeah, one of my favorites. W- w- the first one I ever watched with the director's commentary, f- funny enough, was Constantine. Oh, nice! And I that was such a good director because some of the stuff they talked about and that it's it's i haven't watched as many as i probably would like to but i would love to watch it for this i really hope he does a director's commentary for this yeah that'd be great that'd be really cool all right so daryl you know who the real hero is you you're the real hero (laughs) uh the boys are back (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's all I can say is the boys are back. Um, Daddy's home. Daddy is home. Uh, so episode season two, episodes one, two, and three came out. The big ride, proper preparation and planning, and over the hill with swords and of uh, with the swords of a thousand men um, are the three episodes that came out. Episode four comes out on. Friday, September 11th, so the day after we're recording this, so we'll re- we'll talk about that one next week. Yeah, it just hopped right into it, didn't it? Yeah. Yes, it really did. And, uh, yeah, it was one of those, I kind of forgot when I woke up last week that it was, well, evidently it went live the day before, or the night before. So uh, I, I, I tried and it wouldn't play for me. Oh, so, interesting. Um, because I saw it. Like, I got a notification saying it was on, and then it wouldn't play on any of my devices. So I think maybe some people got to it quicker than others. Uh, but, yeah. And then I had a bunch of meetings on Friday, so I didn't even get to watch it till the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, so it's funny because Prime has been kind of wonky with certain things that I've seen yeah. uh, over the last few months. I don't, I'm not sure what's going well, on there. I, I think just before we get into it, I think it, it's – fair to note that season two is being review bombed on Amazon due to the release schedule. So people are, people are none too pleased that they are releasing, um, the boys piecemeal. So they did three and then, you know, the next, uh, the next one coming out next week. And then, you know, just one a week. Uh, I really hope they don't cave. Don't do that. Yeah, don't. It, it's people. It, it can, I've read some of the, the review bombs where someone one was someone was like, you know, now that it, it, I, I don't care enough about it to, you know, wait for, you know, I have too much to do or I can't, don't care enough about it to wait, you know, a week, you know, to wait, do a weekly thing. It's like, what are you doing? What's so important in your life that you can binge it eight hours here or, you know, in or a day or two? Yeah. But then you can't take an hour out of your day no. on Friday or weekend to watch it? Really? 
Yeah, I mean, some of the some people. of these reviews are great. No full season available. I give up. Where am I? Where is my Netflix? Uh, you know, there's one. Not sure what more undecided. It would be a good idea, but this is the worst idea ever. Um, another one said, "For now, I'll wait until the end of the season and binge the way I prefer." Fair enough. Um, if this trend continues into other shows, i.e., Sneaky Pete, I'll cancel my Prime subscription and move on to Disney slash Hulu and bo- and we'll just download my Amazon series from other places. Like, you know, like we're so spoiled. We are so spoiled, Absolutely. right? And and it's it's silly. So like. On, on Rotten Tomatoes, I mean, it's got like a 94%. And then on Amazon, it's getting two full out of five stars. Um, but it, it has nothing to do with the show. And I'll be honest, I thought the first three episodes were excellent. Yes, absolutely. And that's, that's, that's I have issues with that. But again, I don't want to get too far into that because I don't want to waste my time, our, our time yeah. or your time listening to this. Getting into that. So with that being said, 100% agree as far as really like how they jumped in. Now, the one thing I wasn't sure about when we start off, and by the way, we, we are going to give spoilers. So, you know, we're assuming you've watched the th- first three episodes. But how long between the end of season one is is there how, how long how long do you think there was between the end of i know, think it's a couple finale. weeks i think it's a couple yeah, weeks because butcher disappears um obviously at the end of season one we're not sure well we we know where he is but then we we when we find uh, rebecca right that's his wife rebecca um and yeah. homelander and, and homelander jr there um, you know, there's no no sign of of Billy Butcher to be found anywhere. Right. Yeah. So I I just wasn't sure about that. Like that was, and again, that's kind of like small potatoes in the yeah. grand scheme of things. Yeah. But. I did like that Butcher did not show up until the very very end of episode one. Yes. I thought I thought that was great because it left you really wondering like where where is he? What's what's happening here? Uh, you know, all that fun stuff. Yeah, and so overall, you know, the first couple episodes, one of the things I I did like was when we're talking about the boys, so let's talk about the boys, the dynamic between them, Mm -hmm. you know, that Huey has has 100% been accepted into it into the into the gang. He's the leader. He's the leader of Mother's Milk and Frenchie. He's calling the shots. Yeah. So... That was considering where he came from. If you're looking back at the first episodes of season one to where Huey is now, and then we'll get more into Huey because he has he has kind of a rough ride from a uh, you know psychological perspective. Oh, in yeah. this episode, and it's and it's all based on everything that's gone gone on from you know from the beginning because he he his he is not equipped to deal with some of the stuff he's having to deal with, and we see that. You know, as as you know, the first three episodes mm-hmm. go on, which I think will, I have you know, I have designs on what may what he may or may not do. Yeah, I think uh, the Billy Joel song is really telling that he keeps listening to over and over and over again. Yeah, um, that kind of threw me when you saw the video. Playing. Yeah, I'm like, okay, what just happened here? Right, <laughs> for a second. Um, yeah, so we we find um Huey we Huey and Mother's Milk and, and Frenchie and the female of the species 
hiding out with um, just like a gang, like a, yeah, a like bunch the, of thugs. Locations or, or yeah, locations or yeah, like that. Um, underground, and and you know they're they're helping these people to some extent. Like the one guy gets his arm like completely destroyed because I guess he punched a super or something or got punched by a super. Um, and you know they they can't. They're, they're trying to figure out a way to get enough money to get good papers to get out of the country because they're, you know, the most wanted. And then, you know, obviously Huey finds a way with, uh, with Starlight, with Annie, to f- start figuring out ways to bring, bring Vought down in the seven. Yeah. And that actually ends up where you, I actually was kind of thrown that, you know, that's one of those things that pays off so quickly. But, I mean, it makes sense probably from a narrative perspective. Well, I think it's only eight episodes. I don't know if it's yeah, ten. And, so, like, yeah, they, they, they can't yeah. they can't really hold story back, even though it got – it's it's picked up for a season three already, right? I think right. you read that. Yes, it is. So, yes. yeah, I mean, they don't, they don't have to hold story back for, for further seasons because with the, the addition of um, Stormfront, there's going to be a lot to to go go on there um but yeah it was uh you know the boys get kind of pulled back into it and they were talking to jennifer esposito who her poor beautiful head just her poor beautiful head um and like how much like viscera do these guys get on them and have to clean off (laughs) right like there was there was the viscera in the first episode, and then there was the um, if you saw the preview, uh, there was the viscera in the third episode. Poor uh, poor Free Willy. Um, yeah, but and then you think back to the very first episode. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, Huey, Huey spends more time covered in blood than anybody between yeah. Robin and uh, Translucent and um, Lucy. Yeah, Lucy. Can we talk about? Can we talk about? Homelander's performance at Translucent's wedding or uh, funeral. Um, that was like, uh, that was a thing of beauty. The, the, the way, um, what is his name? The actor? Um, that was just about to look it up. You might get it before I do. But I think uh, it's Anthony something. Yeah, uh, it's uh, Anthony Starr. Anthony Starr, yeah. Is, uh, like, he is so great. And it's it's the little looks that he gives right and uh here's one of the things i love about him one he's from new zealand but two he's only 5'11 <laughs> right and he's playing a homelander who is this like larger than life hero um but yeah i mean he's been he was in american gothic uh the tv show he was on banshee uh the lowdown tricky business um, the TV series Rush. So, I mean, he's done uh, TV show Outrageous Fortunes. And then he did a bunch of like, you know, he, oh, he was an episode of Xena <laughs> or two episodes of Xena. Interesting. Uh, a year apart, played two different characters. Nice. That was a that was a, a thing. Um, but yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> like I love I love Homelander. I think he is. I mean, he's a, he's a piece of shit. Don't get me wrong. But like he is a great character. And, and Anthony Starr plays him so well. I, one of the things I love about him is that, first of all, yeah, he, he's a sociopath. He, he, is, he, he is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
in the episode last season, this is why I love Anthony Starr so much. First of all, anytime he's on screen, I'm uncomfortable because I'm like, right? okay, who it's is the he, look. he going to tear apart? It's the yeah. looks that he gives too, like what he does to um, the blind bandit guy. Yes. Why? Because he's a well, right? Because he's a dick. Um, but yeah, I but, you know, um, I it, it was real. It was really funny the introduction, the reintroduction to the seven, right? I think right. um, I think Black Noirs was really interesting when he uh was killing all those people, and then he came across the little kid, and he took the bunny, and he like was like making a dance, and then just kind of gingerly set it down and walked out of the room with his dad's head. You know? Yeah, I mean, tur- turn the one guy's head into a Pez dispenser, right? Oh God, yeah, that was, yeah. They don't steer away from anything, do they? But yeah, like back really quick to Anthony. Starr. Oh yeah, sorry. One of the things I loved about last season is, as much of a piece of shit as he was, he is able to when he talks to um, the doctor. Mm-hmm. What is his name? Uh, doctor Ryan. When? Wait, which doctor? Ryan. No, that um that knew about you know, that that raised him. Yeah, uh, it was Ryan. I think that was uh, um you know I mean he's a bad he's always a dick that that actor he's yeah. a dick in everything he's in. But so yeah, I know who you're talking about. When he said he was like you know I I am the greatest superhero that ever lived or mm-hmm. whatever, and that whole conversation is he's like one of those that you know he's looking for that he's always needed the love mm-hmm. and. For that one instance, I actually felt bad for him, especially when um, the doctor was like, "No, you are my work greatest mistake." Right. And the look on his face when the doctor says that, as bad of a person as he is, he still makes me for for that instant feel bad for him. And mm-hmm. and this was it was similar in this one when he before he you know learns about the the beans being spilled on compound B. Right. He like when he's kind of uh, lamenting about things with um, Maeve. Yeah, and one thing I like, I think one hundred percent last season that one that one scene I'm talking about was one hundred percent you know emotion, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it was one hundred percent genuine I should say. Like when with Maeve, I wasn't sure, I you, you know, because of their their weird relationship that they have and how he you know obviously if you know doesn't want other anyone else to have her or right for, uh, apparently. I, I'm not sure, but Star is so good. Like you said, those little looks. Yep. Like the looks he gives people from murder again. Like we were, and we were talking about Stormfront. You know, yeah. fast forwarding to the end of the episode three, the look he gives her. You know, after she you know basically takes the credit. Well, she doesn't take the credit because she actually, you know, took down the quote unquote terrorist. Well, he actually was a terrorist, but yeah. Um, super villain. Look, he gives, Daryl. Yeah, super, super villain. villain. Oops, I'm sorry. Super terrorist doesn't work. It's super villain. Yeah, I'm glad he wasn't. I'm glad Homelander's not around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think you're spot on. I think the other interesting dynamic to him this year is without Elizabeth Shoes, Madeline Stilwell, um, he's got Ashley Barrett, uh, Col- Colby uh, Menifee's character, who was the PR person, who then he handpicked to replace Madeline. Um and she's just so under his thumb, and it's really uncomfortable. It's really, really uncomfortable to watch. Look at me, not him. Right. Or as as him. he's bleeding out of the head because he just got super bitch slapped um, to both ears. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. 
Like in 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 un- this show is is really uncomfortable, and I like it. I, and that's yeah, I was about to say that's the thing I like about it. It puts you it it forces you out of your comfort zone. So let, hey, let's not go episode by episode. Let's just kind of like just no, break no. down the three because uh, in that uncomfortability, I think everything with uh, Jesse T. Usher as A Train and Aaron Moriarty as uh, Starlight. Starlight that was yeah. like super cringy the whole time because. He's like, you know, he could pull the plug on her at any time, right? But she knows all of his skeletons, and I think she can take him in a fight. I don't know, man, because it's – my thing is it's not that necessarily. It's he had the chance to do that to her mm-hmm. before she even knew what was up and, right. in the sense of, you know, yeah. spilling the beans on her. Yeah. There's a reason he didn't, and I'm and I'm waiting to see. And I think well, I I think they explained it a little bit because a pop claw, where you know the the one of the needles shattered her arm bone. Yeah. But you know. I, what I'm saying is, you know, before all of that, you know, before she told him that, I I do I think that is a good, you know, a reason. There's some guilt, lingering guilt he has for that. Definitely, he has that. So I think that might have yeah. been the reason thing for that but um well i also think but, he doesn't want them shining a light on him in the seven yeah. um because he's he's not he's not a top superhero anymore he's not a top guy right well yeah he had to basically race for you know his his position and he had to take compound b to well do it. but i mean like even in this season like you know when when they're in the tunnels after the boys drove through the whale he's you know having a heart attack <laughs> again so, and going back to that, you know, speaking of the, uh, mm-hmm. the discomfort between those two, how about the discomfort between uh, Becca and Homelander? Oh, and the kid? yeah. Yeah, that is that, that is, is just crazy. Uh, so. Not, you know, before he even throws the boy off the roof, which. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I feel kind of bad that I laughed. It, it was really free. funny when he pushed him, yeah. but then when he's not moving, you're like, "Oh, I shouldn't have laughed at that." Um, <laughs> yeah. I will say, I do like that Patty Spivet landed on her feet, and and yeah, is in the I boys because pa- yeah. So yeah, Patty was the best part of the Flash. Oh, absolutely, so. and she's in that other show on a- Apple TV, all for all mankind. Oh, I haven't watched that one yet. Um, yeah, I haven't either. I've so, watched yeah. on Apple TV. I've watched Raven's Banquet, the one with Rob McElhaney about the video game, the game development company. Um, <clears throat> I watched the one called Trying about a British couple uh, trying to have baby, and they decide to adopt. I watched the uh, the one called Little Voice um, with like singing and stuff like that. The girls trying to make it as a singer in New York, and then my favorite one is Ted Lasso with Jason Sudeikis, which is uh, did do you watch soccer? Watch what? Do you watch soccer? I'm sorry, football? <laughs> uh, no, I do not. Um, so I guess NBC Sports, when they had the Premier League, Jason Sudeikis played this character named Ted Lasso, who was an American college football coach who got hired to be the coach at uh, one of the Premier League teams and got immediately fired. So then they made him um, an announcer, uh, like desk correspondent, and he was just playing a bit. And they've made a whole TV show about it, and it's actually really good. So... Um, but unfortunately, it's on Apple TV Plus, so nobody can watch it. Anyway, that's crazy. Anyway, but yeah, um, no, I I think you know, 
the uncomfortable level meter is like to 11 because like everything with the deep is uncomfortable everything mm-hmm. um except for pat oswald being the voice of his gills when he's having his drug-induced breakdown yeah and the deep is another character who uh is you know we we all know what he did you know with starlight and other you know women yeah as we learned but, from his gills <laughs> yeah yeah and what, what i'm trying to find his name he does such a good job of, oh chase crawford oh chase crawford yeah such a good job of tr- bringing in the sympathy mm-hmm. in the sense of like yeah you're a piece of shit but i do kind of feel bad for you and then again you know he's had a couple uncomfortable scenes with mm-hmm. homelander as hasn't everybody but when homelander tells him after you know the deep has been working on accepting himself and his skills and not feeling that he's ugly and homelanders goes say yeah cover up your Your gill showing is disgusting disgusting (laughs) like like, really dude yeah but and then it's going back to homelander one of my favorite scenes and because homelander is really never put in his place Mm -mm. is when he uh, has this conversation with uh, Giancarlo Esposito, oh uh, yeah, that first conversation when he got he gets he's like man child that you are, yep. you release the compound be into the wild. Mm-hmm. It's like you know we're not we're not a superhero company, right? We're a pharmaceutical company. Yep. And I wonder how, how long it's been since someone talked to him like that. I mean, I don't Maeve know. has stood up to him a couple times. Uh, yeah, like, but Maeve you know. almost immediately backs down because he's killed everyone she's ever loved. Yeah, but no, as, as far as when he told her to back off, when he told when she told him to back off from Starlight last year. Yeah, she oh like, yeah, that's back true. Back off of her. Yeah. Um, but I don't yeah, know. My girl, my girl, Aya Cash has no qualms about talking to him like yeah. that. Yeah, and that. So, you know, one of the things I've, I've told you before is what I like doing is mm-hmm. I follow these reaction videos where Oh yeah. I, I love watching people react to stuff that I've seen and there are a couple people that I, you know, are watching the boys and the first two episodes all you heard is I love Stormfront. I love Stormfront. <laughs> I love her and I'm just laughing over here it's like just wait and see. Just wait. <laughs> just and see. hold on. Hold on. <laughs> but so she, um, again, and one of the things I think we had talked about on the show before was, you know, how a lot of times source material gets changed mm-hmm. for, you know, sometimes it's, it's it's for reasons that you need to change source material. And this one, we weren't sure 100% how true to, you know, Stormfront's mm-hmm. character, you know, and again, this character has been gender bent from, you know, the male character yeah. in the comics, which again, that I had cast so far. So well, far, Aya Cash is amazing. I think I think Giancarlo's Stan Edgar character gave us her backstory. Oh yeah, like, absolutely. Because yeah. I think she's way older than is letting on, which is why she's so just like prepared with the backpack and like you know snacks and 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 that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. So no, but she's been she's been awesome. Um, you know, and and. I, I I like her and Starlight have been really interesting together because she thinks Starlight is Team Voight and uh, anything but. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, for those who didn't realize uh, how bad she was, episode three, yeah. that finale, that between with Kamiko, her brother, mm-hmm. and against Stormfront, yeah, 
you really see what Stormfront is all about. Oh yeah, his magic hands. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. Like, yeah. And then the well, the, and she calls him a yellow bastard, and it's like, yeah. okay, like she's a Nazi, she's gonna be a Nazi. I get it. And then uh, I think you're getting to the point where she, when she's choking him out, what she says to him. Yeah, I like the I like to watch the light dot go out. <laughs> wow. You know that is a great line. That really is, and like. I can't imagine how many times they did that as a take, but like whatever, however many takes they did, that had to be the absolute best because her delivery was perfect. And did you see her face? It was like almost an orgasmic look on her face when she said it. Yeah. And And yeah, it was, it was great. Um, Hey, I want to also shout out uh, Langston Kerman, uh, Kierman as Eagle the Archer. (laughs) <laughs> who is uh <laughs> who's pulling the deep into some cult um so uh i don't know if you uh if you recognized him he's on insecure the the one show on uh on hbo but then he also was on uh bless this mess as uh pam greer's kid uh, i don't know if you watched that dax shepherd show that it, was on yeah. yeah i mean it had dax shepherd so of course i was gonna watch it um <laughs> It was dumb. Don't get me wrong. It was really dumb. But he was on that. And like, so when he showed up as one of the heroes and then to find out he's a cultist, um, you know, that was super funny. I, I, I have a question. And I don't know if you can answer this for me. What's with the Fresca? I don't know. That's like, I, I, I think I ignored it really the first time I watched it and then watched a couple, you know, watching it again through you know the reaction yeah. channels. I'm like, what the hell is up with this fresca? But if you go back to like the first season, fresca. there was more fresca too. Like, yeah, it was strange because uh, Madeline's uh, refrigerator was full of fresca. Yeah, it was. I, I wonder if that. I don't know. Like, it can't uh, just be product placement. It can't just be product placement. No, it's got to no, have some it, other thing because they yeah. they they you know they could do their product placement um, if they wanted to, but. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't. The other thing I really liked was PJ Byrne pitching uh, the Seven Rise of Justice or whatever it was called. Um, yeah, Dawn of Ju- Dawn of Seven. Dawn of the Seven. Um, and and like that was a great scene. And then when when Stormfront's like, um, I have some highlights. Yeah, it's more of global. Yeah. So, um, you write women. What was it? Uh. You write women like Hitchcockian bitches or Michael Bay fuck dolls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he goes, I have two sisters. And <laughs> like, that makes it any better. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm really kind of excited to see, to see that. I'm also excited to see the, I'm assuming flashbacks that are, that are going to happen to see what happened to Lamplighter because, you know, Sean Ashmore oh, yeah, is Lamplighter. It's Lamplighter. So, you know, I I uh I think that that could be that could be something cool. I mean, Sean is not the preferable Ashmore if you want to have in a superhero show. I mean, I know he was Iceman, but like, you know, um, Aaron Ashmore was Jimmy Olsen. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. I guess yeah. I guess Aaron was busy, <laughs> <laughs> so they went with the lesser Ashmore. <laughs> 
So like the superior ML, we have the superior Ashmore. Yeah, yeah like I'm Aaron Ashmore, I think I don't so. know if he's doing his he's still doing that show Killjoy. Ah, uh, I'm not sure. I, but... I still need I still need to catch up yeah. on that one. So but, yeah, but I, no, I'm excited. He's in three episodes. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm excited uh, to see that. But yeah, I don't know. I I've you know these three episodes have been really good. Um, it is it is not missing a beat, and you know, um, Mother's Milk and Frenchie are great. Um, you know, and I think also realizing that Laz Alonzo is the guy from Cuba in Fast Seven. Yeah, you told me that. Right. I did not even. Well, because I rewatched Fast Seven, I was like, "Oh my god, that's Mother's Milk." <laughs> so, um, yeah. And so then Kamiko. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say Kamiko no, is is Karen Fukuara uh, Fukuara, uh, and she's you know she's Katana in the Suicide Squad. Um, yeah. You know she's she's been she's just been all over. She was, uh, you know, she's, she's great. Uh, but no, you were going to say, I'm sorry. Excuse me. So I have a question for you. Like, and again, I, I started off by talking about where Huey is from a mental perspective. And I think he is like really on that verge of cracking. And based on how butcher has treated him based on what almost happened to, him with you know starlight in the tunnels what are your thoughts on stewie trying to take a sample of compound b well i think they're gonna follow the comic and butcher is gonna inject him i i think because like uh, um i think because the the cat is out of the bag with compound v um we're gonna see the boys have to toughen up so now the mother's milk thing, I don't think they're going to do like the comics because he gets his powers literally from his mother's milk, even as a grown ass man, um, which is gross. And I, I don't think you made it that far in the comic. No, I did not. Yeah, it's pretty like awful. Well, I mean, <laughs> for that, they're they're using Homelander for that right now <laughs> for the gross. Oh, dude, just. It, him with the milk in general, not just the breast milk, but the milk. It's like he was know. drinking it like wine, like right? swishing around in his mouth. Yeah, Ugh. <laughs> so he's so creepy. Um, Delicious. So, do you think Black New? They're gonna do Black Noir like they did in the comic, or I don't is, think so. Is Nathan Mitchell the guy who's underneath Black Noir? Is is it gonna be just a different character altogether? I think it's going to be a different character altogether. Um, and this is one of those things I, I would be happy for. Yeah. Just not that it's bad in the comics. I'm not saying that. Uh, and it makes sense why they did it. It was kind of like a bizarro type thing. Mm -hmm. but just, but I, I think he's going to be uh, his own character. I, yeah. I did, I did find it interesting that his like black noir, when the whole compound V thing came out, it was like breaking down in the middle of the hallway. Mm -hmm. And so I, I thought that was an interesting addition to his – I like how they're kind of bringing more of Black Noir into things. Or his did you, his reaction when, you know, he saw Lucy, the whale, right. yeah. like split open. Yeah. Like puts the hand to his yeah. chest like, oh, my God, really? Good, goodbye, Lucy. Thank you, Lucy. <laughs> but uh, And then, like, uh, you know, Maeve. Maeve has had a really interesting arc this season so far with uh, reconnecting with her girlfriend and keeping it on the down low and – 
like she's mainly just in her alter ego. And then when it comes out that her dad was like, um, you know, I had no idea. And she's like, he knew. And you know, it was, it was, uh, it was funny. I did not realize that Dominique McElliott or Elgot, uh, Elgot was, um, Joel Kinnaman's wife in house of cards when the season, when he was running against, uh, Frank Underwood for president. Right. Yeah. I totally did. Like I, I did not put two and two together until like earlier this week. Um, and then she was also in moon as, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sam, Sam Rockwell's, uh, wife back on earth. Yeah, I still haven't uh, seen that. Dude, Moon uh, is movie. so good. It, it it's such a good movie. It, it's I mean, it's super slow. Don't get me wrong, but like, Duncan Jones, it's just a Duncan Jones masterpiece. So, yeah. I wonder. I wonder if it's still like because it, I used to have it on uh, my Netflix list or yeah. something. One of my streaming yeah. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if it's streaming or anything, but yeah. I, I just gotta say, like, I think the boys are cast perfectly, and I think the seven are cast perfectly. Um. Oh. Side note, Aaron Moriarty did sing that song. That's her voice? That is her voice. Wow. At Translucent's funeral. Like, um, in the if you watch on like so I was watching I was rewatching on my tablet and you know, I was I always kind of like just click to see like the little Amazon notes. Um and yeah, that was one of them because I was I was gonna look it up for the show. Um and Amazon beat me to it. Wow. Yeah. That's that's really cuz I always you know you're I'm one of those um you know kind of nerds I love to do that. When I'm watching a movie I'll I'll do that too or I'll just be on my phone and people think I'm not paying attention it's like mm. I'm looking up stuff. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm I'm second watching. I'm second screening. <laughs> I'm second screening my uh my experience here because there's stuff I want to know and you know I don't yeah, want to wait. So <laughs> Yeah, that's that, that's exactly how I am too, so I, yeah, this season so far has the one of the things I love about how they have it right now, where it's the first three episodes, mm-hmm. is it was it was such a definitive climax for the first three. You know, yeah, like episode three was such a great climax for this like mini arc. Yeah, uh, because you know that the, the mini arc of you know Huey's in this you know bad situation mentally. Butcher comes back. That that strife between the boys. Um, you know, Homelander, you know, being basically told off by Edgar and then mm-hmm. finally almost being a hero and saying, you know, this is who, who we are together. Yeah, right. You know, we're the seven. Mm-hmm. We're family, you know, that we have each other. And then, you know, this new girl in Stormfront pulling the wool over everyone's eyes who were watching. Yeah. You know, the viewers eyes. Mm-hmm. And th- those of us who knew were just kind of like yeah. laughing about it. Oh, right. But and and then that that last scene with her well the two scenes is you know when she kills Kimiko's brother right and then that scene at the end when she's getting all the praise and that mm-hmm. look that little smirk she gives Homelander who's right like staring he wants to stare laser beams through her body yep. and she calls him and, gramps <laughs> yeah snooze you lose gramps yep I and said that, he was mine <laughs> yeah and that just that was just a perfect mm-hmm way to like so if they would have done the first two episodes yeah the first two episodes are good but this was felt like it's its own complete mini arc yeah and i think that's what reason they did that and i really like that they did it this way agreed and as much as i wanted to see the next episode 
I'm glad I had to wait a week. Yeah, I'm glad. Like, so we're recording on Thursday the the tenth, and and you know, in just a few hours, we'll be able to watch it. So, <laughs> but Ant's head lasso. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to yep. uh, well, the rest of the season. So, like, um, you know, out of five Wee Hueys, what do you rate the first three episodes? A good, a strong four. We Hueys, maybe four and a half. I'll go. I'll go I, I four. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stick to solid numbers on this one. I think a four yeah, is, yeah, is really fair. I'll keep it at a four. Um, I think, uh, I think because they revealed the kid had powers so early, um, which we kind of thought he had powers based on like the story he was told about how the kid laser beamed out of her stomach, um, I, I, and then drowned in his own blood. Uh, I I I would have liked to have seen just kind of Homelander's egging the kid on a little bit more. Yeah, I I could see that. And speaking of the kid, mm-hmm. oh, well, I was about to ask if you'd seen Justified. Like, of course you've seen Justified. Yeah, he re- really reminds me of Gutterson, um, the sniper dude. Yeah. Like he, I was like, dude, is this his son or something? Right. Because I kept watching the kid thinking, because again, it's a different kid from, you know, the last, last year. Yeah. Um, is it? Again, that kid. Yeah. That kid looked older. Um, and let me, let me double check just to make sure. So I won't be, you know, saying something false. Uh, it sure did look like he was a different kid. Uh, I, I didn't think we got to see enough of the kid. Um, but I mean, you may be right. Uh, the character, his name is Ryan, Ryan Butcher. Um, yeah. And the kid that we're seeing now is Cameron Corvetti. Um, yeah, he's um, Parker Corno, eight okay. year old boy. Okay. So, yeah. And so Cameron, uh, it doesn't say. But so, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's a, it is, a, it's a different kid. But, um, so yeah, he just he really reminds me of that, mm-hmm. and I I actually like he was such a good kid in the sense of how he he's like look like yeah. you know because he I think he understands in, in a way that he doesn't realize yeah about you know Homelander and like what Homelander's mm-hmm. trying not in a bad way but he just sees Homelander as this stranger who's mm-hmm. okay he's my dad but he's kind of weird and he gives off these weird vibes yeah because like when, like when he's you know in the, in the bed and he says you know i love you son like, yeah um, okay yeah thanks like, You're supposed to say it back <laughs> so um <laughs> yeah you. this kid he's on um dirty john the christian slater show on usa and then he played um one of the nicole kidman's twins on um big little lies yes Yes. That's yes. where you recognize him from. Okay. So absolutely. But yeah. No, I, I, I think this is just a great start to, to coming back to the season. Um, you know, I, I think the little glimpse we got of Jordana LaJoel, um, I think she was in the background there. Um, when they were underground, or maybe that was just wishful thinking, seeing Sherry. Um uh yeah, no, I don't think she was in there. Uh, well, maybe I just was seeing things. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was in the first episode. Yeah, she was in the big ride. So, 
Yeah, she was in the in the underground bunker with them when they were trying to get get out of the country before they were all deemed personas non grata. Non grata. Right. So, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, we've gone really long because we had a lot to cover this week. But uh, yeah. Hey, thanks to Julian Brown, our patron. So join him on Patreon.com and help us out. Uh, we have a goal of two hundred dollars, and we need that two hundred dollars to get Daryl a better computer. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm sounding like Ryan here. Like, uh, um, okay. all right. No, uh, actually, you know, I think what would be cool is like, because I've been posting these videos to YouTube, like the like audio to YouTube as an audiogram, and maybe if we could record things and do some video and, and post that. Um, you guys wouldn't think Daryl is just Gangsta Mario. I mean, I am Gangsta Mario. You are Gangsta <laughs> Mario, and I—that's why I said you're not just Gangsta Mario. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what I wear every day, uh, so. except on the days I have to do laundry. So. I mean, you wore it when we went to the movies, and it was epic, epic. Yeah, I always get compliments so. on it. Yeah. So, <laughs> of course, you always get asked to like plunge a toilet too, which I think is kind of weird. I don't know. I mean, you're not Italian, I'm so getting, is that racist? Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm really, get, yeah. I'm seriously <laughs> getting tired of people asking me where the hell Luigi is. Yeah, I mean, that's. We, I don't like to talk about it. it's too emotional. So. Yeah, well, I mean, you did kill him and eat him, so. Telling me, <laughs> telling all my secrets. Anyway, uh, yeah. If you uh like what you're hearing. Give us a five star review on iTunes or Podchaser, and uh, yeah. Uh, anything else? No. Oh, oh, but again, football is back. NFL is back. Real college football is back. D one. Wait, wait, the SEC is back? No, the SEC. It's a couple weeks, I think, for the <laughs> SEC. But well, when the but SEC the U is the, playing tonight, the U Miami. I don't know who they're? Yeah, not that Miami. No, the, yeah, no, not the real Miami, that other usurper. So, <laughs> usurper, I like that word. Hey, Miami was a university before Florida was a state. Was that true? That is true. Like, when did my when? Uh, wow. Our Miami was founded in 1809, and Florida's Miami was oh, like yeah. 1826 or something like that. I mean, it was, um, you know, not. I mean, it was. Florida. Let's see. Florida. Bonus material. It doesn't say. Yeah, bonus <laughs> material. You, you can stop listening at this point if you don't care about the the University of or Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. Uh, eighteen forty five. So it was the twenty seventh state okay. in eighteen forty five. So I mean, we we have them beat by almost half a century. Um. So yeah. All right. On that note. We will see you all. Well, you, you'll listen to us all next week. Um, thank you for listening and for supporting the show. And we're out of here. Have fun, guys. Later. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati, with new episodes out every Sunday. You can find more information about the show online at infamouspodcast.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at Infamous Podcast. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcasting app. 
If you're enjoying the show, consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcast, or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash infamous podcast for our new tiers and rewards. The Infamous Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Brian Tudor, with music provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. You can find me on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at Brian Tudor. So whenever you're listening to the show, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is. And we'll see you next time. Later.